Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and this is a 2022 Havilene 100 pre-race interview with Arlen Glick, a trail and ultra runner based in Massillon, Ohio. Before we dive in, if you are a fan of Single Track, please consider supporting the show with a rating and review in your favorite podcast player, a donation on Patreon, or the use of one of our sponsor discount codes, which you can find in the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much for your consideration. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. With that, let's get started. Arlen Glick, it's great to be chatting on the Single Track Podcast. Yes, thank you. It's fun to be back. There are uh, a lot of things that I want to talk about in this episode that aren't even really Havelina related, though we will get to that. I think the first thing is um, there was a really recent article that came out. I think it was in Ultra Signups feed or maybe it was on trail runner. I can't remember, but, uh, you have taken this sort of anti social media stance, which I think regardless of whether you think that's a good idea or a bad idea, I think it's very interesting. And I think you talk in the article about how it's, it's impacted your ability to get a shoe sponsor. So, um, that there's a lot in there, but I'm wondering if you can talk about why you've taken the stance you've taken and, uh, if there's a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of uh, working with a brand in the 2023 season. Yes. So as you, as you know, um, I don't have social media. I mean, I do have Strava um, for my own reasons, but um, yeah, I feel like if, if I were to point out all the negative, there's plenty of, of positive out there. Um, and I know there's a lot of good content and there's a lot of, a lot of good out there that social media can be. So I'm not like bashing it all, all of it. Um, but if you were to strictly look at the negative, I think it creates such a self-centered world. And I think mm. like, if you look at the people in general of, of today versus 10 years ago, um, I think we have a culture that is very self-centered because not only is is there a lot of negative out there, um, but it doesn't matter how much positive content there is. I mean, if you look at an article that you just love dearly, and then you look at comments, and there's a hundred positive remarks, and then there's one idiot that says something you hate, all you think about is that one idiot that you didn't like what he said. And so like, we're drawn to the negative, I think just by nature. And I think also one of the things that's so hurtful is like geared around self-centeredness is when you look at, you know, these wonderful athletes that everybody adores and they have, you know, thousands or millions of followers. And like you look at your own life and, and what you have going on, and you, you can just become, you can think your life is so boring and so monotonous and, and like you're a nobody. And I think to the general public, it's a very negative thing for them, even if there's some great people mm -hmm. on it. Um, so when I looked at it, um, you know, from the side of a, a financial standpoint, yes, there's a lot of perks to jumping on there and trying to be somebody, especially when you can throw up some very good results. Um, but I think like to be successful, you have to have followers. To have followers, you have to have a life that looks really cool. And a lot of times I think it just causes people to post things that are not reality. And so people, you know, try to make their life look really cool. 
um, to get followers, to get sponsors, to get. And so we've propped up this huge scenario where fakeness is just the norm. And like for me personally, when I was on the outside looking at this, like what are my options as an athlete? I felt like for me to jump on social media, knowing what I know about it, it would be like taking fakeness to a whole new level. Um, so I decided for myself, I'm willing to work a full-time job, do whatever it takes and to actually sacrifice for this cause. And mm -hmm. is there light at the end of the tunnel you asked? Um, yes, I do believe there is, uh, almost immediately after the article by ultra sign up, <laughs> I got contacted by several companies. So yes, there is, there are a lot of people that are seeing through this. Um, but the sad thing is it took someone to go to the top of the sport to, to make a difference. That's that to me, that's the sad part. Um, I think I'm probably the only one in the sport that at least that I'm aware of that has really taken a stand on this, but, um, I think it's, it's going to be worth it in the end. Well, it's interesting and in your scenario it's not like a one for one comparison, but I have a really good friend here in the Wasatch. His name's Jimmy Elam. And I think if you asked anybody in our community who the most influential person is and who encourages them to make certain purchases when it comes to running gear and uh, just thinking about the sport in general, a lot of people would place uh, him at the top of their ballot. But a lot of what he does doesn't translate neatly onto social media. Like you're not going to see it in like impressions or likes or the posts that he makes. It's all sort of behind the scenes on runs and at like hangouts and at dinners and stuff like that. And so I'm with you that there are a lot of ways to be an impactful athlete that I think brands either do recognize or they need to recognize it in the coming years um, that go beyond these platforms because, uh, it's not always the case that uh, what athletes are doing out in that world, in the digital world, translates in the physical world. So I don't know. I know that we're supposed to be talking about Havelini here, but I think it's a very interesting discussion. Yeah, I I, uh, I enjoy looking into it because it seems like from from my standpoint, you know, a few years ago, companies wouldn't have even talked to me like they wouldn't have even wasted their time um, because you know, they would look at me and say, well, you're not influencing people. But, you know, when I finished Western States, Dylan Bowman, the first thing he said was your fans dominated the chat. And it's like, wait a minute, my fans, do I even have fans? Like that's the, like, Darlin's darling. <laughs> right. <laughs> and to me, that sounded so funny coming from a guy who has never done a mountain race, you know, but I think it really goes to show that the people, the fans that I do have, know me personally they've met me at a race um and i do a lot you know to to impact the local community and they are very loyal i think that's what it really comes down to they are very loyal and mm. i think it just it just took a little time for like the the public and and also companies to realize that this platform they built everything on is very young and it's very untested mm. well one other thread I want to touch on before we get to Javelina, and you're probably sick and tired of answering this, but um, it's well known at this point that you're based in Ohio, and I'm certainly not saying everyone thinks this, so don't don't take this as a blanket statement, but at least some folks are curious about how you manage to have success at these 
Western mountain races being based where you are. So what is your playbook for success? And uh, do you feel like you're at a disadvantage or do you feel like you have everything you need to be successful? Um, I would say I have everything I need, but definitely not everything I want. Um, like it is definitely challenging, but it's possible to, to prepare in the East for a race out West. Um, I definitely did not feel like I'm very happy with my season and, and the way things went, but I definitely did not feel like I had a normal day at Western States or run rabbit run, um, my first two mountain races. Um, but I mean, I still walked away with something that was definitely worth being celebrated, especially for, uh, you know, stretching me outside of my comfort zone. Um, I would mm -hmm. say the, the big challenge for me is, uh, this season having a full-time job and then trying to, you know, find time to train specifically for an event that I can't just run out my back door and go, you know, run up a mountain. Um, so it's, it is very challenging. It gets, it's, uh, it's not necessarily fun going out and doing a million hill repeats. Um, but it, it can be done. You've had a great year so far, jackpot, Western States run rabbit. You already got your, you already have a spot in Western next year. So where does Javelina fit into the mix this year? Like what's the purpose of being there this time around? What inspires you? Yeah. So, uh, ever since I ran it last year, I've wanted to come back. Um, I guess my A goal is probably to be able to complete the hundred miles without getting caught into cactuses like I did last year. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's like a, an A goal for me is that, that I can get through it without having to pull a bunch of cactus needles out of me at, at 65 miles. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I enjoyed the race. I think it really, highlights my strengths where I do well, of course, at the hundred mile distance, um, a rolling chorus like that, um, is definitely where I feel at home. Um, and the heat is definitely another one of my strengths. So I am going back to have fun. It's nice to not feel like I'm racing. Um, last year I felt like it all went well and I was very happy with, with the results. Um, but when there's a golden ticket on the line, I think like you tend to run a bit more conservative because you, you still have that window of top two that you're kind of shooting for, um, yeah. where now that's not really an element. So, uh, yeah, I had a phone conversation with Patrick Reagan yesterday and we were discussing, you know, what we're going to do. And it was, it was a lot of fun talking with him and just like, I think we have the mentality that we're just going to go have some fun. And I think, I think that will, I mean, uh, I think that will produce good results, but it's going to be fun to go into it knowing that if I blow up and I ruin everything, like who cares? I, I have a good, a good performance there. People know what I can do. Um, this time it's just going to be fun. Well, you mentioned there that, uh, given the circumstances last year, there was a golden ticket on the line. You wanted to get into Western. You had to make some sacrifices from like a pure, how well can I do on this course? Like time trialing standpoint, are you going out there with any mentality of like, I would love to time trial this. And maybe I'm aiming for a, like a benchmark, like trying to run this in under 13 hours. Does any of that come to mind for you? It, it uh, definitely does. But 
Um, I'm definitely not going to be like paying much attention to my splits. Um, I'm going to still go out with the same like effort level, um, go out, try to run the same feel. Um, if, if the day hands me a, a good, good results, I like, I think I could push a lot harder towards the end of the race than I did last year. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm a lot more in fighting mode this year. Um, I have typically in the past done much better racing my way into races, which is the case for Havelina this year. Um, I think, yeah, I think like if I look at a certain time, yeah, I mean, as you know, Patrick holds the fastest time at 1301. Um, yeah, that's a really cool number. It would be neat to be the first one to go under 13. Um, and I think like historically it's usually super hot there. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant to even mention it because it's still, what are we eight days out from race? Um, and, but at this point they're saying like maybe high seventies, which would be a lot cooler than some years. So I think this is the year to go for it. And I think I'm going to go for it, but I have nothing specific in mind. A couple more questions for you. You have a lot of fans on Twitter as well. I know, for example, Taggart Van Etten has been singing your praises. He's been championing you as a ultra runner of the year candidate. So I guess there there is something riding on the line here in that maybe this this race adds to your resume. Do you think about that at all? When you think about like other purposes to draw on and to race for, does does any of that come to mind? Um, yeah, actually, that weighs very heavily in this um, because... You know, I went into the season, went to jackpot, was hoping to run a hundred mile PR, um, got injured mid race, you know, just had a really, a really rough day was, was just so relieved when I got to the finish line that I actually made it to the finish line before anything broke, um, went to Western States after, you know, my longest downtime ever and like kind of felt stitched together for that race. Um, came away with a decent result, but not the way I like to feel at the finish line. Like I like to feel spent and that's not the way I felt. And then went to rabbit and very similarly, only for a different reason, you know, blew up early in the race. And there again, got to the finish line and I was beat at the finish line of that, but I was wrecked way too early. And so when I look at my season, like it's definitely good enough to be celebrated, but I have yet to pull off a performance like I like to do. Like last year I had four performances that I felt so good about this year. I'm at zero. So yes, Havelina was like, as I was planning my fall, I'm like, you know what? I've, I've struck out three times here. I mean, they're all good performances, but I really want one where it's over the fence. And that's, that was a big draw for me at Havelina. Last question I have for you, and I don't want to ask this in a way that might give away who you're involved with in 2023, but what shoes are you wearing on race day? Yes. So, um, I am planning at this point and I can't give a model because I, I have a couple pairs set in there and I have to test them quick on my taper. Um, but the brand I'm planning to wear craft brand. So yes, that's, that's the plan as of right now. Um, it, I mean, it could change, but that, I think I'm zeroed into that. Awesome. Well, Arlen, it's always great to chat. I'm, I'm super excited to follow your race next weekend and, uh, 
yeah, we'll make sure to link to that article. Uh, I think it was from Ultra Sign Up in the show notes and uh, any other content out there. But uh, thanks for an interesting conversation and best of luck next Saturday. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening. Before we sign off, if you are a fan of the show, please consider supporting us with a rating and review in your podcast player, a donation on Patreon, or the use of our sponsored discount codes in the show notes. Thanks again. We really appreciate your support. Really appreciate you listening. Until next time, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.